This is an ABC podcast. I like to live by Gandhi's comment. Um, well, his was live simply so others can simply live. We didn't waste much at all in those days. Really, this is all a load of crap. If people just lived like we lived many years ago, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Get your s*** together. No, that's it. That's good. All right, all right. It's okay for you to say. Your nanas. The world was a bit different when you were my age. I'm freaking busy. I've got a super demanding full-time job. I've got two kids to raise. And I've got this never-ending to-do list. And on top of that, I've inherited a sick planet. Ice caps are melting, forests are burning, animals are dying. It's overwhelming. I don't have time for planting new rainforests. I don't even have time for making beeswax wraps. <sighs> but I know, I know, I know, I know. Deep down, I've got to do something. So that's why I'm going to learn one new little green habit at a time. I've pulled together some experts and everyday people to help us all live a little greener. By small fish. We should all stop using glitter. A little sprinkle of cinnamon acts as a dry shampoo. If you're currently wrapping your children's sandwiches in Glad Wrap, just change that. See? It's practical stuff. I'm discovering heaps of little changes you can make that'll have a big impact on the planet. But first, I want to start with some people who were living green long before we even called it that. Hi. I'm Paul, and this is my husband, Pete. Hi there. And our two boys. Hi, I'm Hunter. Hi, I'm Oscar. And we're learning ways to be greener. Join us. You can learn too. A little green body. Yippee! I'm at a ladies' lunch where the average age is 80, and I just know these ladies, they're going to be full of advice on how we can learn from the past to live greener today. Okay, nanas. You're letting me call you that because there are too many of you to introduce. You say that we should live simply. How do we put that into practice when we're shopping? I think it mainly comes down to planning. At the beginning of the week, my mother would plan the whole week's meals and then she would shop accordingly. And if it wasn't on the list, she didn't buy it. There was no impulse buying. It's a good tip. No impulse buying. If you go to the supermarket when you're hungry, that's when you're going to buy stuff that you really don't need. That's a good point because it's also important to cut down on food waste if we want to save the planet. In fact, these days, one third of food produced for human consumption across the world goes to waste every year. A third. And if it's not composted properly, it rots in landfill and turns into methane. So do you have any other tips for saving food from the bin? We always had a dripping tin and you'd cook your sausages and the fat would always go into the dripping tin and that's, yeah, that's what we'd use. We'd we'd never had oil. No. You'd never buy olive oil or...? No, no, no. It's always castor oil. (laughs) Castor oil for the cars? No, no! (laughs) To go to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Trust you to say that, Ruth. What about how you used to cook? We never ever had a microwave, but uh, everything was boiled and usually cooked far too much to what we like now. Mitten, three overcooked veg. And when you'd boil the vegetables, you'd keep the water for the soup that you'd be making. 
You'd always have a soup on the go, would you, Ruth? Especially in the wintertime, yeah. And also we had a shop in Chatswood that we could buy broken biscuits for a penny. See, that's where sort of the defected products went, and you could buy those. Yes, it was great. After school we did that in the afternoons. Now that would all just go to landfill. Yes, that's right. That was fun. And what about plastic? How did you manage without all that plastic back in the day? We just had our calico bag and we used to even go out in the bush and get the lawyer cane and I'd help my mum make lawyer cane baskets and then you'd take that basket shopping. (laughs) Now we buy our baskets from African countries. (laughs) We used to get our meat wrapped up in newspaper or, or white paper and we'd keep all that white paper and we'd use that when we were kids. We used to use that to cover our books or make paper chains or or line your drawers. The household rubbish was always wrapped in newspaper before it went into the garbage. You lined the bin with paper? No, you didn't line the bin. Just each time you wanted to put something in the bin, you wrapped it in newspaper and put that in in the rubbish bin. That's a great tip. And then your bin stays clean. And it's biodegradable. Well, if you lived without plastic, there's no reason we can't too. Here's a tip. Buy your bread from a bakery rather than a supermarket. And they should be happy to put it in a reusable bag if you take one along. Glass milk bottles are also making a comeback. See if they stock them at your local independent grocer or farmer's markets. And if they don't, you might inspire the manager to get them in. Drop the hint. Let's head to a different part of the supermarket, the beauty aisle. I'm guessing you didn't need a million types of creams and potions to keep yourself looking good, ladies. Look, I washed my face with soap until I was 30 years old, but, you know, maybe this is the end result of that. (laughs) I think you're beautiful. So your beauty regime is wash your face with soap? Yeah, we just had sunlight soap and our mothers used to do that, but my mum had a couple of little tricks. If your eyes were a bit, you know, a bit bulgy under the eyes, not that my mother's were, but you'd put cucumber, a slice of cucumber on. But she used to get the white of egg and you'd, she used to put it around in her wrinkles and that, and then it went hard sort of thing, and that was to take the wrinkles away. Not that it ever did, I don't think, but she believed it. <laughs> Gosh, in my day, I never used moisturisers or anything like that. Cold water. That was it. You wash your face in cold water. With the sunlight soap, we used to always have to wash our hair in sunlight soap, but Mum used to sometimes put a little bit of vinegar in the water, the sort of the rinse water thing, and that was the conditioner, I suppose, or just make your hair shiny. And then, of course, when you got down to the last slither of soap, Mum would collect them, put them in the end of a stocking, and then that stocking would be tied off on a tap outside or in the laundry, and so every tiny bit of that soap got used none ever got wasted what about fashion you did less washing you wore your clothes a few days i mean people be horrified now but we used to have bird baths then you know you'd only use a bit of water for the vital parts and then you'd have a bath once a week and you just you know, like mended clothes and you used hand-me-downs instead of we didn't have the op shops around those times i don't think So these days we have this thing that's called the share economy, which usually revolves around technology. There are heaps of apps and websites that connect you with your neighbours so you can carpool, couch surf, even share kitchen scraps. And it can be super green because you're reducing greenhouse gas emissions and using less resources. But I'm thinking that sharing came naturally to you. 
Yeah, well, our neighbours, we all shared our fruit and veggies. If we had too many of one fruit, we'd swap over and get something that we didn't have. And all our veggies, we grew that much that we used to just share it with everybody in our street. No problems. Were you the master of the cucumber? Oh, I love me cucumbers. And eggs, chooks, eggs. We had all that. Yep, everything. All shared. Yeah, we always shared things. But we only ate the food in season. That's the big difference from today. People get oranges that have come from California and someone from Lisbon and that. Whereas we only ate the oranges or mandarins on our tree, the apples, the pears. They just all came at different times. Yeah, it was wonderful. And then if you had a lot of uh, bow birds that took the fruit, well, Dad would get out there with a little gun and uh, you'd have satin bird soup that night for tea. <laughs> Can't do that now, though. <laughs> I love that one. Whoa, guns? Sounds a bit dangerous. Mm, but I am a bit of a worrywart. You know, I don't even let my kids walk to school even though it's just a few blocks away. I have been rethinking that, though, because of this. Transport is Australia's third biggest source of greenhouse gas emissions. That includes planes, shipping and trucks. But around half of that comes from our petrol and diesel-powered cars. So, Nanas, how did you get around when you were kids? You walked to get into the city. used to walk to the train station and then get on the train. I remember the thrill of getting my first bicycle, which was handed down from my great-grandmother, and the freedom of having a bicycle. And because your parents gave you that freedom. Yeah, we used to get together in a group and we'd ride everywhere. We'd go swimming in the creeks or climb trees or whatever. It was just outside all the time. We're never in the house. You could have died. Well, that's, that's the chance you take and the choice you go with. <laughs> That's it. We'd all join up and say, oh, we'll go down to the National Park today. We'd have hide-and-seeks down there in the big yellow carabine trees, you know, the buttress roots and that. We'd be hidden in those and in the ferns and run around and then we'd come home. And the parents would say, what happened if you get lost? And the kids would say, it's all right, Ruth's got a whistle with her. So... (laughs) We'd come home late in the afternoon. You and a whole tribe of kids in one whistle. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Did you ever have to blow it? No, no. Hunter, I got you a present. What? It's a whistle. Here, take it. You're going out with your friends today. Just have an excellent time. If you get into trouble on your bike, just blow your whistle. And uh, you know what? I don't want to see you till it's dark time. Are you serious? Yeah, totally serious. Go party like it's 1959. Okay. Nanas, so much wisdom, so many little green tricks and tips, and we've got heaps more where that came from. I know it can seem overwhelming, but you don't have to change everything. Just take it one step at a time. We're keeping it real, and we've got your back. Check out Little Green Pod on ABC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. Little Green Pod is a ABC Audio Studios and a ABC Regional and Local Production. It's presented by our mum Fiona Paul. The producer is Samantha Turnbull. Audio engineers Simon Branthwaite. Executive producers are Liz Keen and Rachel Fountain.